Welcome to episode 7 of the Oklahoma edition of the Not-So-Silent Verbal Podcast. We're calling this episode Back to Business. Um, we've been been on, been on hiatus for about 30 days. I apologize about that, but there was really not a lot going on with OU recruiting because of the NCAA decision. And with spring football starting, um, I wanted to wait until after... We had an NCA ruling on recruiting and until after spring football was over and the spring game was over, so I could kind of combine uh, the relaunching after both of those efforts with all of that news wrapped up into one. So I apologize about being down for about 30 days, but you haven't missed any verbal commitments. You haven't missed any OU players, any uh, OU verbal decommitments. Um, recruiting has basically been on a hiatus. There's a lot of stuff going on. And we're going to go ahead and get right into all that. So first off, we're going to talk about the fact that the NCA has reopened recruiting and what that means. So the June and July recruiting season is on. After that, I'm going to give you some quick spring thoughts and how they sort of impact recruiting or how impact has recruited uh, how recruiting impacted uh, OU's overall spring practice. And a a quick note about spring game um, recruiting news. Then we're going to move into current news. I'm going to talk about barbecue official visits scheduled. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit, a little bit about what are you doing in terms of their big event. Uh, and then there was a big Dallas, uh, big camp in Dallas by rivals um, during the hiatus, which led to a big in-state offer. And then finally, in future news, uh, we're going to talk about a few new 2023 offers. And then we're going to talk about the new 2023 rankings by rivals and where OU's top targets fall in that or where the top players interested in OU fall in the rankings. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, let's get started. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Okay. The June and July football recruiting season is back on. So I wanted to, as I mentioned, I wanted to wait to record the podcast for the official announcement from the NCAA steering committee that they were going to allow full recruiting to go back uh, to occur. Um, Everyone thought they were going to allow it back on April 15th. They pushed off until June 1st, but they finally uh, approved full recruiting on campus, off campus, in-person, evaluations, um, official visits, unofficial visits. Uh, Coaches can leave campus and scout. Uh, Universities can have camps on campus to do scouting and evaluation. Everything we know and understand as as regular recruiting comes back to life um, after having been – basically stalled for the last 15, 16 months. Now, obviously, you know, the country's had bigger problems than football recruiting. Uh, but uh, for the 
college athletes, the high school athletes trying to make their college decisions, uh, this recruiting outage, you know, caused the, you know, caused a, caused a lot of problems. Players were having to choose schools without seeing them, without really, without meeting coaching staffs in person. Uh, Nathan Rollins Kabanje had never, never met Lincoln Riley until he enrolled in January. Uh, and that's a story that's um, going to be, that's a story that's common among all of the college football teams, not just an Oklahoma problem. So um, what does this mean? It means, uh, it means all engines are a go. Um, I mean, you know, if you're a recruiting fan or, or someone who follows recruiting, it is, it's, it's, you know, be, be, be locked in mission control and prepare for pure chaos. Um, what do I mean by chaos? I mean, I, I think pretty much every verbal for every school in the country, uh, will be taking several visits in June. Um, yes, even Alabama, uh, verbals will be taking visits. Even kids who appear to be completely locked in are going to take a visit or two. Uh, the kids have never had a chance to do this. They've never had a chance to go on official visits before. Uh, or even unofficial visits, they haven't had a chance to do the whole uh, to be to be a recruit that gets the attention and hype that they've they've always heard about. So even the most locked in kid um, is going to take advantage of this opportunity to to see some schools. I just don't think there's going to be any way around it. Um, we're going to see a lot of movement from kids. Um, they're going to see schools they've never seen before. Um, they're going to interact with coaches they've never interacted with before in person. Um, some kids are going to be verbal to a place, and and then they're going, to, they're going to make a snap judgment and fall in love with a new place. And then we're going to see the, the following week, we're going to see them. Some of them may see another school and fall in love with that school. And we may see another decommitment commitment. Um so we're going to see a lot of quick snap decisions and verbal commitments where kids just fall in love with a campus, you know, a staff, and maybe even a team. Some of those are going to hold. Some of those won't. So just just prepare yourself that, you know, you're going to hear stories that Jordan Hudson is visiting this school, Luther Burden's visiting this school. Um, I think the only kid who may not visit anywhere maybe is Kobe McKenzie. He's been so locked in with OU. But I think there's a good chance Kobe may even visit a place or two. Um, but just be prepared for it. It's, it's going to happen. And be prepared for verbals from other places showing up in Norman. Um, so that's that's going to be the other side of this. It's, it's, it's going to work against OU and for OU. It's going to work against Ohio State and for Ohio State. Same thing for Clemson. Uh, all, the, all the recruiting powers we're used to talking about. It's going to be... Um, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be chaotic to try and keep track of who is going where. Does it mean anything? Are they just visiting when they get back? Or do they, can, do they, are they sticking with that comment that it was just a visit or do they open things back up? Um, fortunately, OU has been very, very good in the past, uh, for kids, for elite kids that they really want. They've been able to navigate some of this, oh, I think I should open things back up. They haven't burned bridges or burned relationships before. Uh, they've, they've gotten recommitments from kids. So OU's been, especially at wide receiver, um, uh, Dennis Simmons has been very good at that. He did that with both 
uh, Charleston Rambo and uh, and CD Lamb. So he's used to be able to handle that situation. So um, don't freak out if one of the wide receivers decommits. Uh, Dennis Simmons will stick in there um, and, and fight that battle for as long as he needs to. I don't think any of them are, um, but you, you just never know. So, but OU's shown in the past, in the in, in under Bob Stoops and previously, you know, the, the theory had been once they decommit from you, you just kind of move on. There's no real chance of getting them to recommit. But um, Lincoln Riley's had some better has had taken kind of a better has taken a different approach. Let's just call it a different approach. And then sort of stuck with kids and been able to get them to sort of get them to recommit. Um, and it's been effective for them. So what does this mean for the OU coaching staff? Well, it's a massive transition. The, the first off, they're going to have to get back out on the road. And that's, I guess, good and bad for uh, the coaches and their families. But it's back to what they're used to in terms of being able to evaluate kids in person um, and be able to get more information about the kids uh, meet the kids' families. Um, so it's going to be more of a uh, – it's a downside in terms of the travel, but it's going to be an upside in terms of being able to make more personal connections with the kids. And have a better idea of what – if the kid is really a fit for OU or a, you're a fit, for, you know, give the, and the kid kind of a better idea if they're a fit uh, for the coaching staff. Um, so it's – the big thing – that OU um, is going to be able to do is their their ability to host kids is going to enable them to show off that family atmosphere uh, that Lincoln Riley's been able to build that all the that all the recruits talk about that that also wins six titles in a row. So, and I don't think those things are the most are the easiest things to translate um, uh, on a Zoom call. Um, you know, I think OU's going to be able to grab some kids and grab some leads and get into some recruiting battles uh, purely based on those official visits happening again. I think some kids are going to realize, you know, what OU, you know, uh, I think the Zoom calls are very good at, you know, and I know OU's done a very good job with the Zoom calls. I mean, OU has great facilities, has a very photogenic campus. Annie Hansen and her staff have done a great job personalizing those virtual visits, but there's some aspects of, 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 of the OU overall sales pitch that are a little more abstract and don't quite, that don't quite, you know, sing on a, on a zoom, on a zoom call, you know, being in the OU trophy room with OU, you know, with the OU, around the OU players, around the OU staff, being on campus, um, seeing, uh, the tradition of, of the tradition, the national championships, the conference championships, the Heisman trophies, all of these have a little bit more of sort of a little bit more, you know, emotional kind of feel to them. So it's going to be interesting to see what impact official visits have again. Now, before you say, you know, oh, you did great. They virtual visits were fine. You know, we, we saw at the end of OU's recruiting last year, what not having official visits really did. Um, for instance, um, I, I, I'm fully convinced that Amika uh, Egbuka, if he'd had an official visit to Oklahoma, a full official visit, had met all the staff, uh, he, he'd be a Sooner right now. He would be in, I don't know if he enrolled early. I haven't kept track of him after he signed with Ohio State. But I, I, I'm convinced that he would have chosen OU con- 
chosen to play with Caleb Williams and had been part of our recruiting class. In addition, um, OU would have avoided the whole running back recruiting disaster um, because I think DeMarco Murray, if he'd had a chance to get in-home visits or official visits, OU would have had the info they needed to to recognize that they, they probably, maybe they weren't going to land Kamar Wheaton or maybe Kamar Wheaton wasn't a fit for OU. And they would have been able to bring in other running backs for official visits. They would have been able to refocus their recruiting efforts. And, and the name that comes out, uh, sticks out mostly, is, is Donovan Edwards from Michigan. He was dying to visit OU officially. I think if he had a, if OU had an official visit with him, I think there's a strong chance they could have pulled him away from a Michigan team that was completely struggling. The, fun, the final piece is, is really Jamar Kane and DeMarco Murray really haven't been able to sell OU in the usual way. They've been, they haven't been able to get off campus and meet recruits and families. They haven't been able to scout in person. Um, and really to have two of your coaches kind of crippled in this regard in terms of being associated with OU, being able to uh, develop relationships with, with players. And, it's, it's, and that's what this is. I mean, recruiting is relationship building. So it's really amazing uh, that the 2021 class was able to come together as well as it did, uh, especially um, considering the reports we're hearing from spring with two new coaches not really being able to establish that they're establish their relationships as OU coaches and with all the coaches really missing their tools. So um, it's going to be a fascinating June. Um, I've, I've told people that basically we're going to get, we're going to get nearly 120 days of recruiting news in about 30 days. So it could get real wild real quick. So um, I'm excited about that. And let's, I, I mentioned the 2021 class. So let's move on to um, talking about their first, uh, their first semester as Sooners and talking about spring football. And now for something completely different. Okay. Um, so, so let's talk about spring football and um, what that meant in terms of recruiting, recruiting implications. And uh, let's talk a little bit about some recruiting news that came out of it. Um, I think the biggest thing um, to really talk about was the recruiting class for 2021 by average recruit was a top five, top three class. Wasn't as large as some other classes. So under like the total points factor where they recruit classes, uh, it wasn't a top five class, but but by average recruit, it was. And the early enrollees, all 11 of them, seem to be proving that statement um, especially true. Um, the overall comments of the coaches and players, uh, they were consistently talking about how advanced and how talented this incoming class was. Uh, and uh, definitely talking about any number of the players making an impact, making an impact and, and, and definitely looking to uh, looking to uh, be part of the two deep uh, in many areas. Uh, I think the second thing, this is especially true, I think for everybody for the spring game is the increased talent, depth and competition uh, in the secondary is, is, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I think for OU fans for so long, um, I have sort of this sort of uh, post 
traumatic stress disorder from the Mike defense that we don't really know what good secondary play looks like. Um, we, we see young players um, flash as freshmen as in the secondary, and then they, they, seem to re- they seem to regress. So we don't really seem to know. We're like a, uh, we're like a man walking through the desert, just, you know, thirsty, and we and we see we see an oasis, and we're we're not quite sure if it's if it's real or not, um, and we're concerned that it's not because, um, you know, we're concerned we're, we're it's a delusion. So I think we were, everybody was just so out so amazed and out and, and just so surprised by how good the secondary looked because we we just we've never seen something like that before with this with players that large you know, that much length and speed and that much depth. And for this recruiting class, um, the addition of Billy Bowman, uh, Latrell McCutcheon, uh, and uh, Jordan Mooks uh, were huge. There's three, gonna be, there's probably going to be three huge pieces in the OU two deep in the secondary. And I, and I got to say, Jordan Mooks, um, you know, um, amazing transformation from the guy last spring who looked really raw where everyone was questioning why OU was offering him to a player who really improved his senior year, looked like something, looked like the player um, that, you know, looked like a player that could make it good that, that after a red shirt year, maybe could make some impact, you know, help OU a little bit. To, to a guy who in spring who is enrolled early and is in spring football is making plays and everyone's talking about him making plays I mean Jordan Mooks you know arrival in on the OU football scene is about 18 months earlier than I thought when they first offered him and and that transition and that coaching and development by Grinch and Manning is is really just great um the other main item that obviously just flashed for everyone is just how good Caleb Williams looked in the spring game. Um, so right now the, the odd even uh, recruiting strategy of Lincoln Riley seems to be working perfectly. And just to recap there, um, OU, you know, signed Spencer Rattler in 2019, didn't sign an all-star quarterback in 2020. In fact, the only quarterback they signed uh, Chandler Morris, he's already transferred to TCU. Uh, then signed the uh, number one number one quarterback in the country in 2021 in Caleb Williams, and right now it just it just it looks to be setting up perfectly. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler can have a great junior year, um, go all out, go leave for the pros if that's if that's if that's uh, an option for him, and then uh, Caleb Williams looks more than ready to take over that job. With another year, with 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 playing time this fall, practice this fall, and then another spring, uh, Caleb Williams looks just like he's going to be able to hit the ground running in 2022 as OU starting quarterback if necessary. And we're going to talk a little bit about that strategy coming up uh, when we're talking about future recruits coming up because it looks like the 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 odd even strategy is is it might be working might be working for OU again. Um. Running back recruiting obviously has been a high priority for 2022, uh, but I think it's perhaps even higher now. Um, it, it's fairly obvious 
to everybody in the program that Kennedy Brooks is going to leave, uh, go 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 to the NFL after this year. Uh, but Eric Gray looked fantastic. Um, uh, the Tennessee transfer has been a talk of spring, talking about you know possibly giving, possibly looking like an elite running back in the Joe Mixon vein. The only problem with that is if Eric Gray puts up like a fifteen hundred yard season total total scrimmage yards passing re- receiving sorry not passing receiving run rushing he's probably going to lead to go early too so oh he's going to find himself short running backs again so uh i think so OU has to land the two running backs that they're currently tracking to go with really brown um and i can only can only hope that the lack of other running backs uh running back offers or running backs being scheduled to visit ou um, represents OU's confidence in being able to get Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. And then I guess the, the, the final thought was um, just looking at the looking at the OU roster and looking at the the two how good the two deep was was that if if I was an OU opponent and I and I used the spring game as some kind of a scouting tool. Um, the quarterback thing alone would depress me in terms of, of how do we compete with OU, but just the development on the defense, um, the additional playmakers on offense. Um, and then the thought that OU is, is cruising towards another top five to choosing towards adding another top five by, by talent, by player talent level class, um, it's got to be really depressing. When when can you catch up to OU? I mean, I think even Texas possibly has this thought, knowing that they they're going to have to adjust and 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 mature into the schemes of um, that Steve Starkey wants to run on offense and defense. That's it, it, the third scheme in three years for a lot of those players. Uh, and Texas's last recruiting class was not very good, and they've lost a lot of talent from the two previous classes due to some injuries, transfers, um, and, uh, uh, and obviously, um, just, 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 just some attrition. So, um, I, I think if you were watching the OU spring game and you were a big 12 coaching staff, um, you might be slightly depressed about the thought of what it's going to take to catch up with OU. Um, just because of the, the level of talent in Norman, especially on the defensive side is, is growing, and, and may not, and may, may be reaching the kind of territory you had in the, you know, around 2003 or 2007. Um, so also got some quick, also got some quick spring recruiting news. Um, again, the NCAA derailed OU's usual plans to have a big spring recruiting event. So OU, OU prospects were limited to the self-guided no contact with coaches kind of tour experience. Um, they could take a regular student tour available to the general public for anyone interested in OU, but they couldn't talk to OU coaches while on campus. They couldn't get tours of the athletic, you know, specific behind the scenes, tours of the athletic facility, meet the athletic staff, the weight training staff, they couldn't meet Benny Wiley or, or any of those. So, you know, it was a fairly, it was understandably going to be a fairly muted, you know, the expectations for recruiting news coming out of the weekend were really pretty low. Um, but it looks like OU got a, got really quite a bit out of the, of the game. 
uh, for starters, um, signees, and well, Sooners, Danny Stutzman and Jalil Farouk were back in Norman and able to watch their early enrollee classmates making an impact. So hopefully both those players are going to work really hard or working really hard to hit Norman in June and play catch up because they both could be really used, especially Jaleel Farouk at wide receiver. Really need him to come into Norman, hit the ground running and, 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 and make a presence, make a presence known. In addition, uh, verbals, Kobe McKenzie and Jason uh, Llewellyn were on, were able to attend. It's always good when you can get those kids back on campus seeing OU. Uh, Kobe's a frequent, you know, a frequent attendee, but it's always nice to see that he's keeping keeping up with the Sooners. He's been a verbal for so long. You wonder sometimes, you know, the last guy verbaled so long was, I hate to mention his name, was uh, Chase McClellan. Um, so you want to, uh, so you want to keep, you know, keep that attention going. But OU was also able to get some prospects on camp. Some prospects on campus also made some trips and 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 came to visit OU. The first one is OU's key uh, tight end target, Caden Helms, who was able to attend the game from Nebraska. Uh, I got a couple more notes on him coming up later. Uh, the biggest surprise was 2023 offer, Caden Green from St. Louis, basically snuck in and attended the game. None of the recruiting sites knew he was coming. Um, and he's a huge OU target for OU in 2023. So at offensive tackle. Um, so in terms of recruiting surprises, it, it, I'm not sure it gets any better than that. Then also 2022, and maybe the biggest news coming out of spring, maybe it's hard to tell, was 2022 linebacker target Kip Lewis also attended the game. And then the following Monday, he promptly announced on Twitter that he was making a big announcement on Friday. Now we're a little jaded right now uh, in this part of the recruiting process because big announcements from kids generally means they're down to like a top three or five, um, or they're going to an old, or they've or they've been on, they've been offered to go to one of the old star games and accepted. You know, big news for the for the recruit. Um, but there's there's some building rumors that this could be a verbal commitment. So, and if it is. The timing is awfully interesting um, in regards to where it may work for OU. And Kip Lewis is a special prospect at linebacker for OU. I mean, he is a – there are really good linebackers around the country. OU's recruiting them. But Kip Lewis in space, in coverage, at will linebacker, um, kind of reminds me of another Lewis, um, Lewis Baker, who was an excellent nickel linebacker. Um, uh, especially when he was teamed with Curtis Lofton in 2007. Those guys were just fantastic, a fantastic linebacker duo. And uh, some people think that uh, Kobe McKenzie is kind of a bigger Curtis Lofton. So that line, if that potential linebacker duo, if it works out for OU, could be really interesting. Because, again, like a lot of linebackers, when I watch their footage, it's, it's a lot of blitzing, it's a lot of run-stopping, um, and it's hard to know how they would really fit in the Big 12 where, you know, if you can't play in space, you, you can't play linebacker. Um, but that's not Kip Lewis's problem at all. Then the final two pieces of news, um, really positive news from a in-state perspective. Gentry Williams, the all-everything five-star uh, athlete from Booker T. Washington, who OU wants at DB, 
probably cornerback. Uh, he was apparently at the game, and there's uh, online there's photos um, of him, you know, hanging out with Sooner families in his looking good in his OU hoodie. And then uh, Chris McClellan, uh, who I'll get to just a minute uh, in the next section uh, in depth, uh, also posted a photo of himself outside uh, the OU stadium. So with with no with no with no scheduling from OU allowed, no contact from OU allowed, really limited um, limited interaction, no interaction with the OU staff. I think for with all those rules in place, that's a really good spring effort from from OU recruits and signees and and, and targets. All right, that's going to wrap up spring, and let's move to current news and start talking about actual official visits and actual real recruiting news. Is your name? It is Arthur, King of the Britons. What? Is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What? Is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean? An African or European swallow? Huh? I, I don't know that. Who do you know? So much about swallows. Well, you have to know these things when you're a king, you know. Okay, let's get into the current news on recruiting. Let's talk a little bit about what OU's going to try and get accomplished in June now that uh, all the shackles from the NCAA are off. So let's start with the names that have publicly posted on Twitter that they are officially going to visit OU on June 18th with the big barbecue event that OU's going to host. OU's uh, going to usually did a barbecue event at the end of July um, in 2018 and 2019. Uh, the event was a big hit. OU would have a bunch of verbals, um, some players that, are, that were interested and you know, basically had a nice big event, uh, kind of their blowout before uh, August camp started. Uh, OU is going to jumpstart June recruiting with uh, by moving the event up, and it's going to have a bunch of kids both officially and unofficially visit. So the kids that are confirmed officially, uh, by they've got invites that OU has sent them, and they've reposted them on Twitter. It looks the the graphics look you know look very good. Annie Hansen and, and crew always do a good job of that. Uh, the first player is uh, Dane Shore. He's a top 250 offensive tackle from the Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh, 6'6", 295. He was at IMG briefly. Uh, he hurt his shoulder. Um, but now he's back uh, back, uh, back healthy. And the top programs in the southeast are after him, Georgia, Alabama, um, and OU's obviously after him. Uh, Bill Biedenbaum has obviously done a good job building a relationship to get Dane out uh, out out to OU for their prime recruiting weekend. Uh, the next player is another offensive tackle. He could be an offensive guard. It's Cam Williams, who may truly be the most massive recruit in the 2022 class. He's He makes other huge players look small, um, and he's going to be on campus. He's talking about making a decision July 1st. Um, uh, that's what he posted on Twitter. So the OU weekend in June is maybe primed to maybe grab OU a lead and maybe grab a commitment from Cam. He's from Duncanville. So he's a teammate of current Sooner, Sooner to be 
Savion Bird, who probably should be on campus by June 18th uh, and uh, going through summer school and summer workouts. And also his teammate is the top uh, 50, top five-star defensive end, depending upon who you, what listings you're looking at, uh, Omari Abor. And OU is definitely tight in the uh, tight in the recruiting battle for him. Cam Williams is somewhere in the top 200, top 250. He's had some great camp showings uh, over the spring. He's he's got a huge frame, and he's showing really really quick feet. Um, looking very agile for such a massive guy. Uh, he probably could play offensive guard as well, uh, based upon his skill set. The third guy is another offensive lineman. Bill Biedenbaugh could potentially have a huge weekend camp, huge weekend uh, during the barbecue. It is Jake Taylor, the top 250 offensive tackle from Bishop Gorman, who OU's been really after. He's down to a top three. I don't believe he's made any decision. don't believe he's posted anything about when a final decision is coming, but I think he's going to visit his top three in June. So, we could see a commitment from him in early July as well. Uh, next is Caden Helms, who I just talked about, uh, who on his own dime came down for the OU spring game. Um, lots of crystal balls forecasts indicating Caden Helms is trending to OU. Caden uh, on his Twitter feed posted that he was measured at 6'6", 220, and ran a 4'6 at a recent camp event. Uh, his film is great. If he's truly running speeds close to that, um, I, I don't know how Caden Helms is going to stay in the in the three star top four hundred range without without moving up. His he looks like a big time talent. OU also is going to get a visit from Malik Agbo, who is uh, offensive guard, offensive tackle from the Washington State area. He's like six five, three twenty, very athletic. Uh, he plays he he he, he plays tight end. On his seven on a seven on seven team, it's kind of funny to see, but he's really, really athletic. Um, not sure where OU is in his final grouping. Obviously, they're in his top five since they're getting an, in, in his top five since they're getting an official visit. I'm not sure how close he is to making an offer. He's never been a Norman, and this could be one of those circumstances where a kid from Washington comes down and either you know decides OU is not really the place, or just sees the trophies, sees the the championship football environment and things just click this, you know, I don't know that's going to be the case, but it wouldn't shock me if, if something like that happened. Finally, uh, Austin Jordan uh, has confirmed um, via his Twitter that he's going to be in town on uh, June 18th for an official visit. Uh, he's the Denton Ryan four-star cornerback, top 100, top 150 looks great on film. Uh, Team, former teammate of Billy Bowman, and he looks like he's he's choosing, I think his top three that he posted was Ohio State, Texas, and Oklahoma. So OU just battling, uh, you know, battling Texas, but also battling Ohio State, their, their defensive back uh, recruiting nemesis. Um, the other big story about the June 18th barbecue, and OU's going to have visitors coming in the other weekends. They'll get kids in to slot kids in as much as they can, but they're they're priming the the barbecue to be the big event. Is based upon um, stuff that's been posted on Twitter, uh, especially uh, uh, the Football Brainiac Super K, I believe, posted this on Twitter. I, I know other websites have the news, 
but I think Super K was the first one to post it uh, sort of publicly. Uh, Malachi Nelson is going to be at the barbecue, and um, that's huge for OU with their recruiting strategy. I mentioned the odd even. So 2019 is Rattler, 2021 is Caleb Williams. OU wants Malachi Nelson to be 2023. If he can click with the Sooner staff in person, click with Norman at this event, I think there's a great chance that uh, sometime before August, maybe September, depending upon uh, his communication with the OU staff, that OU could get a verbal commitment from Malachi Nelson. And in the ranking section, we'll talk about why that could be a huge piece of news. The other rumor going around is that Brandon Ennis, the top wide receiver from 2023, is also talking about coming into town. He's from Florida. OU's been recruiting him heavily. He's he's he's, he's a dynamic-looking wide receiver. Um, you know, um, I'm not sure I can, can really can, can choose between Amika Agbeka, sorry, um, Amika Agbuka, uh, Luther Burden, or Brandon Ennis. Which one is better? It's like they're all awesome. So if he was to fly in with his own dollars to come to the OU uh, barbecue event, that could be huge. There's a crystal ball floating around for him to OU already. I'm not sure that's really – not sure he's going to make a verbal commitment anytime soon, but there are rumblings that OU is, is heavily involved with him. Also, the other part of this is we're probably going to see elite names for 2022 take unofficial visits. OU's trying to get a two-for-one kind of combo with some kids, especially names like Omari, Abor, and Harold Perkins. Get them in for the barbecue and then get them in this fall for an official visit at a football game. So the number of kids they can get in for that kind of combo, uh, that, that kind of combo is, is, is going to be huge. The names are just waiting for some public announcement on. There's rumors uh, flying around, but I haven't seen anything publicly is, is, is the two running backs. And that's pretty much the only big names that kind of we're waiting on to see if they're going to make it to the barbecue. Um, so during my month break off, um, the biggest news really has to be, the biggest other piece of news, local news really, has to be the OU offer to uh, Chris McClellan. Chris has had an amazing run this spring at various camp events uh, that really pushed OU into offering him. I mean, OU's been tracking uh, Chris, you know, all last year. He, had, he has good film up. I've talked about him a couple of times before. Um but he at this he had the most recent uh, the most recent rivals camp he just put on a show he he won the um, he won the DL ward and he basically won a spot in their five star invite only uh, invite only camp event and that means he's you know rivals thinks he's at least one of the top 150 players in the nation uh, he also measured at six four two ninety plus so. That means he's he he's big enough for the speed D. I mean, that just just he's not six two. He's not six two two fifty five. He's not maxed out. He's not he he's not he's not that he's fast, but he can't get any bigger. Chris McClellan's a big dude who's very fast. So everyone always wonders why was the delay in this? Well, OU's in a tight spot with in-state recruits. OU has to be prepared to take the off to for the kid to take the offer. And OU really needs to stick with the kid. And it's mainly because the backlash OU would receive from the Oklahoma media is it's not really worth it. They don't really understand recruiting. Uh, 
So they wouldn't understand OU making an uncommittable offer to a kid in state. And for the same reasons, oh, you can't really drop a kid in state. The backlash would be too would be too much. So oh, you really need to make sure that their in-state offers are kids that they want. Jacob Sexton, Gentry Williams, um, Jaden Rowe, and now Chris McClellan. So McClellan's got offers from everybody, including Ohio State, um, from Georgia, from USC. So I think, you know, Chris is going to take some visits and figure out where he is. OU's doing everything they need to do to sign him. OU has other defensive tackles uh, that they've offered at that at that one sort of tackle position. Um, and I think they can only get take, I think they only they can only take one. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing shakes out. But as I said, McClellan's already moved up on rivals into the top, uh, sorry, on on uh, ESPN. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Two four seven has already moved up into the top one hundred and fifteen, one twenty level. So he's 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 made a real name for himself, and he's going to have a great recruiting. Uh, it's going to be a good recruiting battle this fall. Uh, it just depends whether if OU has a couple of the names that they're tracking in that position. If they can get if one of those kids gets on campus, falls in love with the Sooners um, before McClellan makes a commitment, and I don't know what OU's going to do, but. Um, uh, he's all credit to Chris. He's done a great job. He's uh, transferring to Owasso this fall, so he's going to be part of that program, which is going to probably make a probably better than his previous school in terms of making a run at things in state. So we should get to see a lot of Chris, and hopefully he has hopefully he has a great wherever he's deciding to go. Hopefully he has a, a great senior year. One well, other quick note about some of the summer camp issues, um, summer camp stuff going on is uh, Taylor Shetron. At the same camp that uh, uh, Chris McClellan was at, won the wide receiver MVP against a great competition against a bunch of Texas kids who are really highly rated, good kids, and won a spot at the at the rivals five star event. Uh, he's been to a couple of camps this this uh, spring, and he's uh, Shetron, and he's been winning the the wide receiver MVP award and and dominating good good DBs. Um, just one last. Quick note on official visits. OU does have two official visits scheduled for the Nebraska game. I expect that number to increase significantly um, with OU hoping to get a prime time slot from the networks. Let's hope Fox and ABC can pull that off for OU. But OU do, does have two, two, two players right now who, who posted that they're officially coming uh, for that game. And one's Relique Brown, the all-everything, all-purpose verbal for OU. It's good news that Relique's going to get an early verb, get an early visit to, to OU, get back acclimated with being at OU, and especially, you know, and OU, and really sort of acclimated whether he wants to go to OU or not. So if for some reason Relique decides he wants to stay in Southern Cal, he can do that early, giving OU some options. Uh, also, the other players, uh, offensive uh, outside linebacker rush end Derek Brown. Uh, from Texarkana. He's the teammate of OU's current star freshman uh, outside linebacker, Rush End, Clayton Smith. And um, and uh, that's, that's also looks, looks, looks good for the Sooners to be in the top three or four with Derek Brown as well. So that's really the, the breakdown on current news. Uh, lots of, lots of going to hopefully as the weeks uh, move on, move through May, um, as I'm providing updates, I'm going to have more news on more players committed, 
to visiting unofficially or visiting officially in June. So we'll have more information on that. So you can really see how busy the traffic is going to be in Norman uh, in June. So, and, and hopefully in hopefully some follow-up into July as well. Um, so with that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this recruiting up by talking about some future news in our next section. All right, and moving on to our final section, future news. So um, we're going to start with OU's made a number of um, big-time offers for 2023. Uh, that's only going to continue, I think, as the summer moves on and OU's able to get out and look at kids. In addition, kids are able to come to OU uh, for visits, unofficial visits, and OU is also going to be holding a series of summer camps. Uh, Lincoln Riley will hold some summer camps for elite kids uh, in June and July, which will allow him to uh, see some more more players in person and make some more offers. Um, but the kids that they have recently offered are, are you know, some, some very interesting players. The first one is Caden Proctor, an offensive tackle from Iowa, uh, 6'7", 300 pounds. Uh, he might be the top O-line in the country. Uh, recently offered Caden Green, offensive tackle from St. Louis. He's 6'5", 300. Uh, he's in the top 50 by rivals, probably a top five offensive tackle. And I mentioned he visited for the OU for the spring game. So that was a nice, nice little surprise there for OU uh, with a clear indication that Caden's very interested in the Sooners. OU's still going to aggressively attack the Maryland, D.C. area and has offered Jason Moore, uh, a defensive end, defensive tackle, uh, 6'5", 6'6", 250, runs a 4'7", just attacking aggressive film. Uh, from the Virginia area, OU went, also offered Alex Birchmeyer, who's an offensive tackle, uh, 6'5", 280. Um, back in the KC area, OU's offered Chandavian Bradley, um, who's an outside linebacker, uh, edge edge rusher. Uh, he's 6'5", 210, and just sort of flies off the edge. So OU's made some more offers. There's, oh, sorry, there's one more they, offer, they made, I noted here. Um, they offered Tackett Curtis, um, who's a top 100 linebacker. He's 6'2", 220. Sadly, he's from Louisiana, and, and right now it just doesn't look like Anyone can really get kids from Louisiana, uh, the highly rated kids. So oh, he's made the offer, and we'll, we'll see if it goes somewhere. We'll see if it goes anywhere. In addition, uh, more 2023 rankings have been released. Rivals released their 2023 rankings. And uh, the early winner in those rankings is, is Malachi Nelson is your number one quarterback um, over Arch Manning. And, in fact, as I mentioned before, you know, the buzz around OU and Malachi Nelson is, is starting to build. There are crystal balls and forecasts from various folks from Malachi Nelson to OU. Um, uh, it's It would be a huge addition. Malachi Nelson would be your ringleader for the 2023 class. He probably has some impact in 2022 as well, uh, especially the receivers and the Skill folks, knowing that OU's always going to have a, an elite quarterback um, to support them. 
So he's, other than the running backs for 2022 that OU really has to get, Malachi Nelson might be, for either class, your number one player on the board. You, you can't be a player in college football without an elite quarterback. Uh, OU has that in Spencer Rattler, has a developing one in Caleb Williams. And if OU was to have Malachi Nelson, it would give OU just the kind of stability at elite quarterback that almost no other program in the country could really claim. Um, the number one wide receiver for the class is Brandon Innes, as I mentioned before in the, uh, in the previous section. Um, he's rumored to be coming for the barbecue. There's there's a crystal ball in forecast uh, in for him, for Innes to OU. I, I don't know that I buy that yet. But let's just imagine OU keeps Luther Burden's verbal and was somehow to pick up a, uh, a verbal signature from Brandon Innes, that would potentially make three straight number one quarterback, sorry, wide receivers by at least one service. I mean, we're a long, long way away from that happening, but that's really when you combine three five-star quarterbacks and then you could see them having five or six five-star wide receivers to throw to, that, that's the reach of OU's QB and wide receiver recruiting game right now. Uh, other notables in the top 50 range, I, I mentioned Caden Proctor. Uh, he shows up at number six, regardless of position. At number eight is uh, Jalen Hale from Longview, Texas, uh, uh, who's, who's, who's uh, you know, making folks remember the last OU elite wide receiver from Longview, Malcolm Kelly. And uh, there's also a forecast, you know, crystal ball for Jalen Hale to OU. So there's, there's a chance OU could grab the number one and number two wide receivers for 2023. Again, we're a long way away from all that, but wide receiver recruiting is just, it's just, uh, it, it's at a level I, I don't think I've ever seen before. I mean, they may have been Switzer may have, hit this level recruiting running backs in like the 70s, 80s, but I'm, I've never seen anything like OU's potential wide receiver classes, 2021 to 22 to 23. It's it's it's, it's really unbelievable. Uh, rounding out the top 10 is Anthony Hill, the elite linebacker from Denton Ryan. Uh, he's obviously a teammate of uh, Billy, Bowen, Billy Bowman. And, uh, and also of OU 2022 target Austin Jordan. So if OU is to get Austin Jordan, which I think is a, is a good, really good possibility, OU could have some serious teammate you know, pipeline connections to, uh, uh, to Denton Ryan. And those three kids are alpha leaders that you want on defense. Also in the top 20 is Jordan Renaud, who's a top defensive end from the Louisville area. Um, well, he's always recruited Louisville very, very well. He just moved into town from, I think, from Florida or South Carolina. Uh, his footage is really, really good. Richard Young, the Florida running back uh, that OU offered after Reuben Owens chose Texas, uh, comes in at number 27. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, OU uh, spring game visitor Caden Green is the number 37 player in the nation. Um, another one of OU's recent D-line offers uh, is Avion Carter, who seems to have quite a bit of connection to OU, and is he's huge. He's like 6'6", 
260 and looks like he could put on another 30 pounds, kind of a maybe an Alfred Collins type. Uh, he's at 40. Uh, finally, uh, finally, an in-state prospect uh, comes on the chart. Luke has the tight end H-back that OU is offered and everybody else is offered. Uh, is listed at number 42. And then the, the last person in this top 50 group is um, that's relevant to OU is Makai Lemon. He's an athlete, wide receiver, DB, 5'11", 180, 185, speed, athleticism, could be an elite cornerback, could be an elite slot wide receiver, and, um, and what appears to be the world's worst recruiting secret, uh, he says he's going wherever Malachi Nelson goes. So if you get Malachi Nelson, you also get a top 50 athlete as well. So uh, he's he looks something like a slightly taller California version of Billy Bowman. Um, so, um, you know, that right, that right there is OU legitimately involved with eight to 10 of the top 50 players in the nation. Um, for 2023, and it's it's only and it's the end of April, uh, uh, 2021. So OU's off to a great start for 2023. So that's all I have for this uh, recruiting uh, podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening, and I apologize about the uh, gap in podcasts. But uh, as I explained, I just wanted to take advantage of. Uh, uh, being off the air while there was no news and while OU was in spring practice. And, and I just wanted to come back with a, with a bang when the NCA was letting recruiting happen again. Um, I will have uh, a podcast next week, either Wednesday or Thursday. I'm expecting some sooner recruiting news to fall uh, over the weekend and hoping to get more news on uh, official and unofficial visitors. So please uh, everyone take care. Thanks for listening. And, uh, if you have Sooner friends that are want to follow recruiting, uh, please tell them about the podcast. Thank you.